Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the seventh day of November 2023. Happy Tuesday to you. Happy Election Day. If you live in Virginia, go vote. What the hell are you doing? Don't listen to me. I mean, unless it's like 2 o'clock in the morning, then uh, then wait a bit. But uh, go and vote for the love of God. Vote straight ticket Republican. I know. There we go. This candidate sucks. I get it. The candidates probably do suck on an individual basis, but think of the alternative. It's the lesser of two evils. And I hear everybody always say this. I'm sick of voting for the lesser of two evils. Then run for office. Because otherwise, you're not going to agree with everybody 100%, probably not even 70% of the time. Most of that has to do with the fact that People who go into politics are just afraid to tell it how it is, speak like a normal human being. That was the appeal of Donald Trump in 2016, was he He just said it. We didn't necessarily know whether or not he meant it, but he just said it, and he said it in the way that most people did. Now more politicians are doing that, but again, it doesn't really matter what you say as much as it matters what you do. And, you know, you can connect the dots on whether or not a particular politician does what they say they're going to do or they just talk a good game. I think Republicans are exceedingly good at being principled when they can't do anything about it, less so when they can. But that's just me. That doesn't mean you don't vote for them, because even if you only get 10 percent of what they said they were going to do, that's 10 percent more than you had before. And you fight for the rest of it. I can't stress this enough because so many people don't seem to get it. (sighs) Elections are not finish lines. They are checkpoints. There is no finish line. This isn't a marathon where you go, all right, 26.2 miles, I'm done. There is no done. Democrats fight for something forever. Republicans fight for something until they lose it or they get it and then they go, all right, done and they act like a dealer in vegas at shift change where they pat their hands together show you there's nothing up their sleeve and then go on to something else it's not the way politics works no victories are permanent they have to be fought for constantly no losses are permanent unless you let them be and if you let them be then you didn't really want the victory in the first place So get out there and vote for the Republicans because there's a lot on the ballot this time around. Um, Donald uh, Donald Trump is on the ballot this time around. Not for the ways you think, and I know you said, I get emails from people going, you're just a never Trumper. No, I'm not. I'm sick of the guy in the sense that I wish he could stop whining about his own lot in life, no matter how bad it is at the particular moment. He's still a rich guy. But uh, I wish he would talk about what he wants to do as president rather than who he wants to seek vengeance on from the presidency. I think that'd be better. And I get it. People out after him are jerks and they're horrible and they're this, that, and the other thing. But that's not what I'm talking about when it comes to Donald Trump. I live in the... (sighs) political sweet spot which is said ironically which is a horrible spot to be if you're sick of politics every once in a while or need a break from politics every once in a while what do i mean 
If you live in the market of the D.C. market in that area for television and radio, but mostly television, because you can you, TV is different. I listen to books on tape, so I know, I'm listening to the Patrick Stewart book on tape right now, which if you like Star Trek The Next Generation, it's an exceedingly long book. He hasn't really gotten to that yet, and I'm about halfway into it. There's a lot of griping and bitching and pissing and moaning about um, Margaret Thatcher. Patrick Stewart's a big lefty. He left school at age 15. It shows. But still, I'm interested. I can look past that. If you can't look past it, if you're annoyed at unnecessary political bitching about conservatives, then it's probably not the book for you. But if you're interested in Patrick Stewart, the man, and you can look past all that crap, then I highly recommend it because he reads it himself. So it's that's good. But um, you live in this area and you get hit with Maryland elections. You get hit with D.C. elections, which don't happen. I mean, they happen regularly. But the D.C. elections, the fight, the real fight is in the primary. So during primary season, you're rammed with D.C. election stuff. Once they choose a Democrat, that's the Democrat who's going to win. And you're hit with Virginia elections. Now, sadly, Virginia has odd-year elections, which is rare. Not very many states have odd-year elections. So this year we're being hammered with the Virginia state legislature. Two years ago was the governor's race. Glenn Youngkin won. This year, every seat in their legislature is up, House and Senate. There's a lot up. Uh, for grabs a lot at stake here in Virginia if Republicans hold the House they currently have the House and take the Senate they're a couple of seats shy of the Senate right now then Glenn Youngkin has a chance to really make a big difference in Virginia if Democrats hold the Senate or God forbid take more seats or maybe even get more seats and take the House somehow then Glenn Youngkin's gubernatorial stint in Virginia because they only they stupidly have one term limit you're limited to one term there's no accountability then if you go you know what I'm elected I don't have to face voters again so screw it I'm going to ignore everything I said there's no way to hold a governor accountable you should have a two-term limit would be the way to go I think but um, Glenn Youngkin will be done if Republicans don't take over the whole state legislature. That's just the nature of politics these days. It might change in the future. But in watching this election, and you can't escape this election if you live in this area, you are seeing television commercial after television commercial after television commercial about MAGA extremist Republicans dragging Donald Trump into every single race. Donald Trump doesn't... Uh, he's, he's bitched about Glenn Youngkin which was profoundly unhelpful on social media because there was speculation in the media that Glenn Youngkin was going to run, get his hat in the ring for 2024. It's too late to get on the ballot in several states. It's just not going to happen. But facts don't really matter. And when you're dealing with ego and so he's bitched about Glenn Youngkin and sort of had some of his army of flying monkeys, including the just got awful Laura Loomer, Encourage people to not vote in Virginia. Now, you're either for something you believe in in politics for principles or you're part of a, I hate to say it, but a cult of personality. Laura Loomer, who is plugged into Trump world, who 
is not officially on the payroll, but is definitely in the inner circle, tweeted out uh, not that long ago, Glenn Youngkin is preparing to launch a presidential campaign against President Trump. The 2023 Virginia Senate election is scheduled to be held on Tuesday, November 7th, 2023. Sure would be a shame if Youngkin's plans to run against Trump caused Virginia voters to not show up to vote for his endorsed candidates on the ballot. A massive R loss would be a good way to launch a presidential wouldn't be a good way to launch a presidential campaign. Nudge nudge, wink wink, don't show up and vote in Virginia. It's wildly stupid and self-destructive if you actually believe in the cause of conservatism. If you don't, if you believe in the cult of personality, which Laura Luma has taken up, look, I couldn't stand people who were blindly loyal to Barack Obama regardless of what he did. I can't stand anybody who's blindly loyal to a politician. Politicians should be loyal to the voters. The voters should be loyal to the politicians to the extent that the politicians are doing the bidding of the voters. It's, that's it. It should not be a come hell or high water, ride or die with these people. These people do not deserve They're politicians. They work for us, not the other way around. So you either believe in the cause or you're loyal to a candidate. It can be both if the candidate is loyal to the cause. But if you're on one hand loyal to a candidate who is you're also then discouraging people to from supporting the cause, I question your loyalty to the cause. I think it's more to the candidate. And that's problematic here in Virginia. Donald Trump is on the ballot. If the Republicans lose, it is going to be billed by people like Loomer and Bannon and everybody that this was a rejection. Voters said, go to hell, get bent Governor Youngkin. But Donald Trump said something similar about maybe you don't want to go and vote. This, it will be a loss if Republicans lose, for Donald Trump. Not because of a couple of stupid tweets from a couple of morons, but because, and if Donald Trump had any advisors who weren't just strictly slobbering yes-men, they would have told him this and he would have involved himself in some of these races and instead of not involving himself in these races. And he could have gone there and maybe made a difference depending on what happens. But Donald Trump is the issue whether he's involved or not. By Democrats. The Republicans are not saying, I'm a MAGA Republican. It is the Democrats who are saying they're MAGA extremists. That coupled with abortion. They're saying, it's kind of funny because there's a woman out here who's a Republican who's running, who is being accused of wanting to ban abortions no matter what. It's not her position, but that doesn't matter. It's, it's artfully worded as she's in league with people who want to ban abortions no matter what. Now, they never say that she does. So the fact checkers don't say this is a lie. It's a lie by implication. But she's a Republican. She's a woman. We are told that women are the only people who should have an opinion on abortion. Her candidate she's running against is a Democrat man who is saying that no one should take away the choice. He's basically taking the position that the Democrats have, that Democrats say is only for women, except since he agrees with Democrats, he's allowed to have it. It's kind of bizarre. But in every ad, regardless of whether or not the subtext is about abortion or law and order or whatever, crime, even some Democrats are trying to come in with crime, they all mention extreme MAGA Republicans and Donald Trump. It'll be interesting as hell to see how this turns out.
and whether or not, look, if Trump doesn't involve himself in this race and Republicans win, he will be able to say, rightly or wrongly, that he was he helped push people over the line. Donald Trump is exceedingly good, and I can feel your hate mail already, but it's just the way it has to be put. Donald Trump is exceedingly good at finding a parade at its end, and if it was a successful parade, running out in front of it and pretending that he started it and he caused it. And then if the parade goes off the rails, he wasn't even in town that month. The guy was involved in how many losses for the Virgin for the Georgia Senate? Four, six, I guess, in the last two years, if you count the runoffs. And he's, you know, he picked Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker was the only, only the nominee because of him. But that's for another story. Nobody talks about Herschel Walker anymore, let alone the guy who unleashed it on everybody. But the real issue is that when you look at what has happened or what will happen in Virginia, it will be Trump will be a factor. And the real question is, are the people... Are the voters of Virginia, which could be in play, could be. In play. I mean, they just elected a Republican governor. Are the voters anywhere? Does the MAGA extremist mantra work? Does abortion motivate Democrats and does the MAGA extremist mantra work to motivate non-Democrats? Does it scare the hell out of people? That's the issue. That will be on the ballot. That'll be interesting to see. I hope that it doesn't. I hope that it still, I hope Republicans win. God, I hope Republicans win. But if they lose, it'll be in part, in no small part, because they ran, the Democrats ran against Donald Trump. Not because they ran for something except maybe abortion, but it's because they ran against Donald Trump. It'll be very interesting to see how that plays because it's um, it's it's what Biden wants to do. Well, not Biden. He doesn't know where the hell he is half the time. But it is what the Democrats want to do. It is what the Democrats need to do. It is what the Democrats desperately must do in order to stand a chance next year because Joe Biden is wildly unpopular. Democrats are wildly unpopular right now. Thank God. It's really a more a matter of people will vote for somebody they don't like, somebody they think is a bad politician, a bad president, if the alternative is worse, if they view the alternative is worse. The left has spent an awful lot of time and money trying to scare the hell out of people over the mega, extreme mega Republicans. Will it matter? Will it matter? It also, you know, will tell us a lot about the DeSantis campaign and anybody else who is trying to challenge Donald Trump. Do they have a chance? Does it matter? Are those people who were, because I'd say, you know, well, Donald Trump is way up in the polls. I don't really care about polls all that much. It doesn't matter. It's too early. I've said that a million times, but will those people who are, Trump voters, I'd say out of the, let's just call it half, 50% of the GOP primary voters nationwide, which is a useless statistic, but whatever, we'll use it because that's what is used. 
are they loyal only to Trump or are they going, well, he's in charge. He's the leader. He's whatever. Are they swayable? I'd say out of the 50%, 40% of the 50%, not 40 percentage points, but 40% of the 50%, which would put it somewhere around 23%, 20, 23%, are Trump only ride or die voters, at least as of now. It'll be interesting to see, and I don't really want to test this theory because I'm afraid of the answer, but it would be interesting to see where the Trump flag on their cars, on their houses, on their hats, everywhere, nothing against it, but I'm just saying you have that level of loyalty, where those voters would fall if Trump were not the nominee. There's a whole bunch of people who voted in 2016, not not millions upon millions, but enough, who voted for the first time or the first time in a long time for Donald Trump who probably wouldn't have voted if it weren't for Donald Trump. Now they've voted in two consecutive elections. I think in 2020, in 2020 there were a whole bunch of people who voted because of Donald Trump too, but they voted against him. It was also COVID made it really easy to vote against him. But I'll be curious to see, and I'm kind of afraid of the results, that if Donald Trump isn't the nominee for whatever reason, do his supporters come out and vote? I think most of them do, but will the ones who don't be enough to break the deal make it for Democrats? Probably, I think probably, unless Donald Trump actively engages in trying to motivate them to vote, which he's never done and never really shown any interest in doing. So I'm not really sure if you can put a whole lot of stock in that. Again, I'm being cynical. I'm naturally cynical. I would like to to be proven wrong, but I don't think I'm going to be proven wrong. I'm just saying. So watching these results come in will be very interesting. And Bo, it's a mini, you don't often get a, a peek into the future like this in electoral politics. This is going to be foreboding for Republicans or booing for Republicans. It also gives people time on either side enough to make changes. Most of the time they don't. People are pretty obstinate, but it at least gives them that opportunity. All right, I want to shift gears here because we got a little bit of, it's been, well, I mean, this is a podcast, so I've recorded this long before you've heard it, but the incidence of the uh, tranny manny. I'm surprised it wasn't. It's uh, the the Nashville manifesto has been trending all day on Twitter. It really should have been the tranny manny. Honestly, when you have a gift like that to rhyme like that and you don't take advantage of it, there's a problem. And I know, oh, that's politically incorrect. Let's be honest. If you're in the trans community, as they say, you want it called the tranny man. You want it mock it. You don't want this person in your corner. You're really going to go, I dare you. I am so offended that you would dare ever. Shut up. The person, this monster killed a bunch of kids. All right? You really go, I'm really super proud of this. You know, it's not every day. You know, everybody, not everybody in your community can be a a wonderful person. First of all, you got a perverted view of the word community. Secondly, get over yourselves. Tranny Manny is what it should be. But anyway, Steven Crowder, who, you know, I wish it had been somebody else, but I don't know how it is that he got it. You'd be surprised a news organization did not get this. Why was it not 
pursued doggedly by news organizations. I don't know. But the manifesto is not this long diatribe. It's not the like the, uh, what do you call it, the Unabomber. It is a handwritten bunch of crap. I'm going to use this monster's name. But I am going to read what is in the tranny manny. And I'm going to read it word for word. And so you have a, uh, a sense of what the progressive mindset is like. So these are all direct quotes. It's death day up at the top. Death day up at the top. There's a drawing of a gun. So today is the day. The day has finally come. I can't believe it's here. And I don't know how I was able to get this far. But here I am. I'm a little nervous, but excited too. Been excited for the past two weeks. There were several times I could have been caught, especially Back in the summer of 2021, none of that matters now. I'm almost an hour and seven minutes away. Can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm ready. I hope my victims aren't. Only My only fear is if anything goes wrong, I'll do my best to prevent... Uh, of the something screwy of the sort. God, let my wrath take over my anxiety it might be 10 minutes uh, tops it might be three to seven it's gonna go quick i hope i have a high death count ready to die ha ha and then the name that's the mind of a trans person getting ready to murder a bunch of children at an elementary school now he went on to write this, or she went on to write this, kill those kids, three exclamation points, those crackers going to private fancy schools with those fancy khakis and shorts backpacks with their daddy's mustangs and convertibles, fuck you little shits, I wish to shoot you weak ass dicks with your mop yellow hair wanna kill all you little crackers bunch of little faggots with your white privilege fuck you faggots again from the tranny many now you begin to see why it is that the democrats did not want this stuff released to the public why they fought so desperately to keep this from going public can't you this, I, the way I put it on Twitter, this reads like a first draft of a Joy Reid monologue. You little crackers. Oh, she also wasn't a fan of the gays. Death Day, the last page. That, see, there's just pictures that were taken and leaked to Stephen Crowder. 7 a.m. get dressed. 7.05 a.m. to 8.55 a.m. That's covered by a sticky note uh, with stuffed animals and possessions. 8 a.m. Eat a breakfast at home. 9.30, pack up special belongings to backpacks. 9.50, test knife, core glass breaker. Uh, the, the knife, the, those things that you use to break car glass. Check knife car glass, glass breaker. Dad's old cars. 10 a.m., leave for Royal Range. 19 to 20 minutes. 10.20 a.m., 
Gear up, set up guns in trunk, assemble and get out vest with mags inside. 11.20 a.m. Final videotape, 10 minutes, 11.30, 11.35 a.m. Leave for school. 12 p.m. Arrive at Covenant. Check parking lot for security. See? The shooters are always where check parking lot for security. Look out for security. You want to go somewhere where there's not security, where there's no one with a gun. Uh, 12.20, I guess, 12.10. Uh, 12.06 to 12.10, prepare for attack. 12.11, lock and load all weapons. 12... Uh, I can't read the numbers. Open fire towards something or other. And then after that, time to die is what it says. This is a Democrat in good standing. The Democrats lost a loyal voter that day. The Democratic Party inspired this person. The Democratic Party has become a bastion for the mentally deranged. Yes, the mentally deranged from this monster to pretty much every monster you see out on the streets now supporting Hamas, calling for the death of Israel. Keep the Middle East clean. Keep the world clean. Yeah, we get what you're saying from the river to the sea, despite how many, however many times Rashida Tlaib insists, that's just a, it's just a saying. It's just a thing that the kids do. We know what it means. We know what it means. We know where it originates from. It comes from terrorists. You're siding with terrorists. You are, therefore, a terrorist. If given the opportunity, do you really think that if she thought she could get away with it, if it wouldn't ruin her political ambitions, just like the way that these suicide bomber recruiters, and nobody ever goes, why are you not blown to bits? If you believe in this cause, if you think this is the pathway to paradise, why aren't you dead? Nobody says that, but if you really thought, you really think that if Rashida Tlaib had the opportunity to do some real damage, do something horrible to people with whom she disagrees politically because of their, maybe just Jews, let's just call it Jews, and she thought she could get away with it, do you think she would? I don't know that she would, but she would definitely be somebody who would encourage other people. You listen to her rhetoric. It is very encouraging. Not in a you-can-do-it kind of way, you-go-girl sort of thing, in a uh, James Hodgkinson kind of way. Aid and comfort to the enemy kind of way. A very Tokyo Rose kind of way. That's how the Democrats operate. They hope to inspire people to do horrible things, without having to directly inspire people to do horrible things. You see it all the time in the arguments about Donald Trump on January 6th. He incited this mob. He created, he did that. How did he do it? He said, we're going to do this. He said to march down there peacefully. 
No, no, no. We all know what he meant. We all know what he meant. Listen to what Democrats say. They believe that you can influence people, that you can manipulate people to do things they otherwise wouldn't do, do horrible things they otherwise wouldn't do, simply by passively suggesting them. Be do- those things be done enough times. And then listen, with that in mind, the Democrats think that everybody else does that. Listen to what they say. Listen to how they talk about us. Listen to how they talk about people who aren't them. And try to figure out what you think they might be trying to inspire. Because you look at it and you listen to the rhetoric and you go, that certainly seems, if you believe that you can influence oh, 2,000 people to go down to the United States Capitol and fight with police because you say go down there and peacefully have your voice be heard. What do you think calling everybody who disagrees with you a Nazi would do? What do you think chanting from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free would do? What do you think that the rhetoric of keep the world clean while putting the Israeli flag and the Star of David into a garbage can on your little drawing there, what do you think that is meant to inspire? Democrats are always guilty of that which they accuse everybody else of doing. And in this case, it's not that difficult to imagine. Just like they always say, well, we've got to worry about the backlash, Islamophobia, Islamophobia, because they firmly believe that anything that happens will cause a whole bunch of redneck American stupid people to round up the pickup truck, get the boys, and go out and commit a series of hate crimes. They believe that we are just a little bit past the tipping point of committing a hate crime every time something happens that involves one race versus another, one ethnicity versus another. It never happens, but that's where Democrats live. That's who Democrats are. You have a junkie die in police custody or some piece of crap attacking a police officer gets killed. They earned that. And the left goes absolutely crazy and goes straight to a riot. They assume everybody else will do that if it happens, if something similar happens in a way that is not politically advantageous for Democrats to exploit. They're projecting. They're bad people. People who do bad things always make the excuse that everybody does bad things. It's how they sort of live with themselves until they become completely numb to the fact that they do bad things. I've made this discussion about uh, abortion and the people who are so adamantly pro-abortion that it's a sickness, that it's a disease. You sit there and you go, what the hell? Who loves abortion this much? And it's likely because... The people who've had abortions feel riddled with guilt about it. But if they get more people to do it, more people to have one, then what they did, they can try to convince themselves, no, no, it's perfectly normal. It's perfectly normal. Yes, I had an abortion at eight months, but it's normal. It's certainly not murder. You did it too. You know it wasn't murder, right? Yes, come on, let's do that. And you just try to convince yourself and the mere fact that these people never get over it never get past it and never stop trying to convince more people to their side lets you me and everybody else know that you cannot 
and you never will plug that hole. You never will fill that gap. You'll never alleviate that guilt. Same thing with trying to inspire people. You think they're, they're trying to inspire people to violence because uh, they won't accept the democratic results. Uh, I think you're the ones projecting that. You're trying to justify what you've done in the past and pre-justify what you're prepared to do in the future. You are wildly dangerous people, and that is why Republicans have to win today in Virginia, today in Kentucky, and next year across the country every chance we get by such a margin that they can't steal it, that they can't cheat, that they can't sue, they can't rig the system. We've still got a year I hope the Republican Party gets their head out of their asses and goes around and sues and gets the laws changed back and brings back some constitutional rationality to election laws in places like Pennsylvania. The poll came out today. Maybe I'll get into that tomorrow. Trump's leading in Pennsylvania. It doesn't matter. If you get to choose the electorate, if you get to rig the system and how things are voting because of the way the Supreme Court ruled and the governor acted... It doesn't matter. It's 2020 all over again. You've got to get that stuff changed. You've got to make a better case, and you've got to start doing it now. Anyway, that's enough for today. Maybe, well, we won't have any results by the time the show's on tomorrow. But um, looking forward to it. If you are in Virginia, get off your ass and go and vote. Vote two or three times. No, I'm just kidding. Not kidding. Of course, I'm kidding. I would never, ever encourage people to do that. Go do that. I'm just kidding. Of course, we won't be able to talk about it tomorrow, like I said, but uh, we'll know soon enough, and then we can read the tea leaves about what all of it means going forward. This is the the time, man. This is a time for choosing. This is one of those moments in life where the entire history of the world can pivot in a good direction or a bad direction. That's not hyperbole. Anyway, thank you uh, so much for uh, listening. We'll be back to do it all. Oh, geez, you know what? I forgot to announce the uh, winner of the thing. Well, somebody won my book. I will announce the name tomorrow, and you can go and enter now today for another copy of my book versus Gutfeld. We'll just do it that way. It's basically the same contest. So if you've already entered, I'll just, roll you all over i know it's cheap it's easy but one of you out there i just don't have the look i don't have my computer right in front of me will have an email from me and i'll announce the name on the show tomorrow congratulations you chose poorly and got a signed copy of my book (laughs) and uh we'll go we'll do all this rigmarole all again this is what happens you buy, buy my book for like four bucks five bucks a piece on amazon or ebay uh, like I'm not getting royalties off of that. That's the secondary market. So uh, if you want a signed book plate, of course, you can email me. I still got a couple left. I think I keep finding they're spilled sort of all over my room, my office, which is a mess. Don't get me started. But um, I come across a stash, like two or three of them somewhere. I'm like, oh, there's more. And then they go out and like, oh, there's more. Like, I don't even know how many I have, but. If I think I have like a couple right now. So if you want one, just email me and give me your address. Uh, and if there's anything in specific you want me to write on the thing, all right? Ruby, yours is in the mail. So yours is coming. And you got a picture drawn by uh, by Quinn, too, as a thank you. So that's 
how it rolls. All right, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for listening.